All right, so today we're going to focus on a thought that fits with our theme for this morning. Um, we're going to be talking here about you can hang your hat on that. Okay, so in just a minute we'll be there, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and we'll read the last five verses of that chapter. Um, so you can go ahead and turn there if you do have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, the text is on the wall, or you can follow along on your device here this morning. But um, you know, enduring with truth is the theme that we're after today. Enduring with truth. And so when you see this phrase, you can interact with me. Feel free to interact here this morning. Hang your hat on that. What does that speak to you? Like if you were to use that, what are you saying? It's the truth, okay? Ma'am? It's gospel, right? So that's kind of, sometimes people say that. Well, this is the gospel truth, right? And then we go on to say something. That doesn't have anything to do with the gospel. <laughs> Somebody else, hang your hat on that. What's that mean to you? All right, believe it, rely on. What was it? Okay, there you go. It's going to keep you held up. All right, it's going to hold you up, sustain you. Anybody else, hang your hat on that. So it sounds like something we can depend on. Right? It's something that you can trust in. Um, you, you probably heard people say bet on it, something like that. Uh, you know, a little maybe more crude expression is like um, you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. You heard that before? That's kind of like saying it's the gospel. You know, this it will actually work. It's true. Uh, so I want to look at this thought then here today of something that we can hang our, our hat on. Now, in an ever-changing world, people are always looking for something that is resolute, something that is firm, something that they can cling to and that's steady, right? We're people, and so we do that as people. And we, we reach out to all sorts of things and all sorts of other people to try to meet that need in our life. And so we know that there's going to be things that are uncertain. We know things about our future. We know there's things about our future that we don't know, Correct? And so we will concede that, but even in conceding that, we're still looking for things or for people to kind of shore up to be the, the thing, the bedrock, or the, the thing that we can hang our hat on, the thing that we can bet our life on. So it could be a marriage. You know, sometimes people get married for that reason. You've heard the famous line in marriage, you complete me, right? Who completes you? There is somebody who completes you, and his name is... Alright, so Jesus completes us. So as with spouses, we complement one another. But if I'm looking to my wife to complete me, I'm asking her to fill a role that she cannot fill. And so I'm going to continually be holding on to her, just please be this bedrock in my life, and she just can't be that. She's a complementer, and I am to her, not a completer. And yet sometimes we get married for that. Or sometimes we have friends like that, that we want them to be the security in our life. Have you ever been let down by a friend? You ever called a friend and really been in need and they couldn't help you? Maybe they wanted to, but they couldn't talk right then or they couldn't come over right then. They couldn't assist you at that moment. Right? That happens with us. And so sometimes we put all this pressure on a relationship for somebody to be that solid rock, to be that nail that we can hang our hat on, and they're just not equipped to be, to be that kind of nail. Some people put it in their job. Right? That's what they're hanging their hat on. I've got a good job, and as long as I have this good job, then everything's good in my life. Or I've got a salary, and as long as I'm making good money, then I can sustain my life. But what happens when the job goes or the salary's cut? 
then panic starts to set in, right? Because I've, put, I've hung my hat on those things. That's where my security has lied. Uh, it could be our health, right? It could be the safety of the country that we currently live in. But all this stuff can change, right? Help me out. Do, do people ever divorce? It happens, right? Do people ever die? And we've had a, you know, a friend from college here whose wife passed away recently, 31 years old. And you know, when you set out to get married, you kind of think like, we're going to finish this race together. And wouldn't it be nice if it worked that way? You know, if, if death wasn't the option, you know, for the Christian, if we could just look up to heaven and go, hey, God, we're ready. And this little train would come down and just do, do, and usher us on. It would be beautiful, wouldn't it? We could just go when we wanted to. Family's good. Everything's going well. I think it's okay for us to check out now. But it never works that way. Right? And we seem like that's unfair. Like it shouldn't have been this way. You're right. It is unfair. And in a cursed world, those are things that we deal with. But if I'm betting my life or hanging my hat on that relationship always being there, I'm setting myself up to be disappointed. Friendships end. Jobs get cut. Salaries get reduced. You can go to feeling great one night when you go to bed to feeling terrible when you wake up the next morning. Right? You ever wake up and go, why am I hurting? Well, who was I wrestling while I was asleep? Like your back hurts, arm hurts, hands hurt. Like what was I? I felt great last night. Right? If I'm hanging my hat on a healthy body, it's just a matter of time before that thing starts to let me down. And even the safety of a country can change very quickly. Right? It can happen in any neighborhood at any time. Where you think that nothing can touch me, this is a safe environment. Um, people are robbed, cars are broken into, people are uh, hurt or abused, kidnapped, murdered, all sorts of things happen all around us. So we don't hang our hats on the safety. So if those are the things that we can hang our hat on and they all let us down, then where can we hang our hat? What's a good nail to hang our hat on? That's what we're going to talk about today in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay? All these other things we try to, even as Christians sometimes, hang our hat there and it's just not meant to hold it. It's kind of like hanging your hat on, on a spaghetti noodle. You know, think of that this morning. You know those spaghetti noodles? If we could drill a hole in the wall and, and put a spaghetti noodle over there and throw our hat on it, you think it would hold that hat? What would happen? It would just break, right? Because it's not meant to do that. It's meant to be eaten, not hold a hat. Uh, the same thing with all these other things. They've got their place, but they're not where we hang our hat. They're not what we're trusting in. So Paul in 2 Thessalonians here is going to help us out a little bit. So 2 Thessalonians 2, here's what's going on. This is the second letter to these people, and they've been suffering some persecution. There's some false teachers who've been teaching things about Jesus coming back. Some have said that Jesus already came back, and so don't look for Him anymore. Others said Jesus is coming back, and so people just got lazy. I'm not going to work anymore. I'm not going to serve anymore. If Jesus is coming back, what's the point? Right? So he was working to correct some of those things, but he's also working here to encourage them and to correct them. And so let's read together, or you can follow along as we read here this middle part of 2 Thessalonians. It says, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, 
whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who loved us and by His grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, may they encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and in every good word. And so into this text this morning, let's try to pull out what Paul's trying to encourage these Thessalonian believers to do. All right? and we're going to say this from the standpoint of standing firm. Standing firm is just another way of saying you and I can hang our hat on it. All right? So three things we'll note if you'd like to follow along there on your bulletin, you can. You don't have to fill that in at all, but that is there if you'd like to do so. All right? So here we go. Number one, we're going to stand firm knowing that we're going to share in Christ's glory. All right? We can hang our hat on that is what we're going to say. We're going to be a, someone who obtains, someone who receives, someone who shares the, the glory of Christ. And so as Paul's writing here, these people are living in uncertain times, right? It was kind of hard to stand up and be a Christian because it meant persecution was coming. You ever been there? Somebody you feel like you need to talk to about the Lord, but you've seen how they've treated other Christians, and you know as soon as I talk to this person, they're just going to they're gonna eat me alive. They're going to disown me. They're going to talk bad about me. We're going to argue, right? There was just going to be strife or struggle if we engage in this conversation. And so we understand here what it means in part to be persecuted. Maybe not to the same degree, but we can get it in, in part. So I would say the words that Paul shared with them then can have the same effect on us today. This idea of giving us confidence or something that we can, can hang our hat on. So would you be honest with me and I'll be honest with you. Have you ever, as a follower of Christ, put your confidence in something other than Jesus? Have you tried to hang your hat on a relationship, a friendship, a marriage, a job, a salary, a health, whatever? Have you ever hung your hat there like, man, now my life's complete because I've got this. Or as long as this goes on, is going on, then everything is okay. Everything is good. And I think we would do that. Sometimes we look for our hope in those things. Sometimes we look for our stability in those things, right? And if those things are gone job, spouse, friend. It's like my life is unstable. Sometimes I'm looking for those things to become my identity. Right? And so I, I need a wife because I'm my identity as a husband. If I don't have a wife, then I'm not a husband. Then I don't know who I am. Or I need a wife to have children, which makes me a father. And if I need children to be a father. And if I don't have children, I'm not a father, so I don't know who I am. Or I need a church to pastor. And if I don't have a church to pastor, then I don't know who I am because that defines me. If my identity is wrapped up in those things, all right, I'm looking for all of you to stabilize me. Right? I'm looking for all of you to kind of be my security, the place where I hang my hat. And so we know that things that we've just listed here don't last. We know that the future is uncertain. We've sung about it this morning. We know that there are things that are going to happen that are completely out of our control and there's nothing you can do about it. You ever been there? I didn't plan for this. This is not how my day was supposed to go. I don't deserve this. This is not fair. And yet I found myself here. Right? That happens. That's part of life. And so we understand these things are going to let us down. The problem is sometimes, as we said earlier, that's the nail that we try to hang our hat on. Think of it this way. How, how wise would we be to buy a car and think that that car never needs to be serviced? It's never going to need a repair. Would you say that's wisdom? It's foolish, right? So why do we get upset when it breaks? Can you answer that for me? 
Okay, it's going to cost us money. We knew it was going to break, right? It's like it's a surprise to us, though. I can't believe this thing broke. You know, my catchphrase, I tell you all the time, I just want it to work. You know, that means I put my hope in this thing that it's never going to let me down, and it's let me down. Why? I've talked to you about my lawnmower. Just cut my grass. Start first pole. That's all you got to do. I'm not asking you to create a buffet for me to add on to my house. Just start. Right? It's not hard. And yet these things tend to let us down. So we'd say that's foolish. Same thing with buying a house. How foolish would it be to buy a house and think, oh, it's never going to need to be maintained. Won't ever need a new roof. Don't need to change air filters and the air conditioner. It's never going to leak. Plumbing will always hold. Right? It never needs to be updated or anything. We would say that's silly. Right? Uh, but to put our hope in that is to like hang our hat on that spaghetti noodle. Let's go one more. What about when you stand in front of somebody and you say, I do, and trusting that that person will never die? Is that wisdom? No. We know it's going to happen. And we know it's going to be hard when it happens. And we know sometimes as it happens, it's totally unfair. The timing's off. This doesn't fit what we had planned. We had dreams. We were going to do things. And why now? I don't understand. Everything was going well. Sometimes we hang our hat on those things. Uh, but to say that a car never needs maintained or repaired, a house never needs maintained, or that I'm going to trust this relationship, it's always going to be there, uh, it's like hanging our hat on that spaghetti noodle. It's just not reality. Uh, and that's all right. right. Because those things aren't supposed to give us solid footing. They're blessings and we enjoy them. But ultimately we've got to put our hope and our trust in, hang our hat on the Lord. So what is... A good nail for a hat. What's one thing here that Paul says we can hang our hat on this morning? Well, let's read it. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. What are we going to share in? We're going to share in glory. All right? We're going to share in the glory of Christ. And so that is, that's a nail that you can hang your hat on this morning. Relationships, yeah, they're going to let you down. House is going to need to be maintained. Car is going to need to be repaired. There are going to be bills that are going to go up for no reason. Right? I was talking with somebody this week whose car insurance just jumped for no reason. And they called and said, why did our insurance go up? And they said, well, it was just time to go up. Like that makes no sense. Right? Things happen that are out of our control that we just can't stand. And therefore, we can't hang our hat on that. What Paul says is, here is where you can hang your hat. You will share in the glory of Jesus Christ. And so let's focus on this you for a minute. Who is the you that Paul is referring to here? That you might share. Who's he writing to? Alright, these Thessalonian believers. But I want to get to a real general you because this extends beyond that Thessalonian church to people right here today, July 23rd, 2017, we are the same you. So there's a progression here that I want to notice, and it's the same progression that you see in Romans 10. It's how we come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And so you can track this in reverse. If you'd read verse 14 and 13, you'll see how this ends. 
or how this works. So the end goal is to share in the glory of Christ. But here we're saying to get to that point, you must first hear the what? So you've got to hear the message. You've got to hear the Gospel. He called you to this through our Gospel. You remember in Romans 10 it says, how can they hear unless someone is sent? All right? And that's the whole thing. I've sent you out to preach so that when people preach, other people will hear. And upon hearing, some people will what? Believe. All right? So if you'd back that up into verse 13, uh, it talks just about believing. We read that at the start of the service here. So you've got the goal to, to share in the glory of Jesus Christ. Okay, how do I do that? Somebody's got to share the Gospel. And I've got to hear the Gospel. And when I hear it, I believe the Gospel. And when I believe the Gospel, I receive the Spirit. Ephesians 1 says when we believe, then we receive. And that receiving is the sealing of the Spirit. That's S-E-A-L-I-N-G. All right? That is a guarantee of what is yet to come. What is yet to come here in our verse? What's the last line? The glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so Paul echoes it in Ephesians. He echoes that in Romans. And so, you've got to hear so you can believe so the Spirit can come in and work and begin to transform you into the likeness of Christ. And those are the yous. Y-O-U. Those are the people who are going to share in the glory of Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Alright? So, are you going to share in that glory? Have you heard the Gospel? Three parts to the Gospel. What are they? These are necessary. Jesus was... Jesus... Alright, so we could go back that far. Alright, He was virgin. But Paul mentions in Ephesians, Jesus was crucified. Jesus was buried. And Jesus was resurrected. Those are the three main components of the Gospel. Yeah, we can definitely extend that to... Him being God incarnate, God in the flesh, and God being here without sin. All right? Living here and loving people and modeling what it looks like to be a follower one day of Him. Okay? But you've got to have the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, have you heard that Jesus came in the flesh? Have you heard that He was sinless? Have you heard that He was crucified? He shed His blood so people could be forgiven? Have you heard that? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. All right? That's why we've sung that this morning. So you've heard that. Have you heard that He was buried in a borrowed tomb? Why was it borrowed? Alright, He's got no earthly possessions and He's not going to need it very long. Right? It means I'm going to return it. If I borrow your shovel, you're expecting to get it back. Right? If I borrow it and don't give it back, what do you say? I'm going to pound him, right? I guess it's time to go buy another shovel. That's not borrowing, that's taking. And you'll buy one and then beat me with it, right? And then you'll have two. So it was borrowed because Jesus was going to return it. Why is He going to return it? He's got no need for it because He is... He's risen. He's alive. He's resurrected, right? Because He lives, right? So all this stuff connects here. And so that's the Gospel. He was dead. He was crucified in obedience to the Father to die for our sins so we could be forgiven. Right? By His wounds we are healed. Okay? That's the Gospel. These are the U's here in 2 Thessalonians 
verse 14 here of chapter 2. And so if you have heard and you have believed, the Spirit lives in you and He's working in you, and what you can hang your hat on this morning is that you will share in the glory of Jesus Christ. That's good. Okay? And that's what's awaiting you. And that's what's awaiting me. Right? Relationships, jobs, salaries, bodies, cars, homes, all those things have their place, but it, it can't be the nail that we hang our hat on. So what's it mean? What does it mean that we share in the glory of Christ? What do you think? What's the glory of Christ? It's hard to get excited about something you don't know what it is, right? We share in the glory. Okay, what's the glory? Remember when the Scriptures tell us that right now we see dimly, but then we will see how? We'll see it clearly. So right now we, don't, we see in part, or we understand in part, there's coming a day when we will see things and understand things fully. Right now I'm in the process of being completed. Remember? He who began a good work will be faithful to what? To complete it. So there's a day coming when you and I are going to be finished, where we're perfected, where we are holy as He is holy. Right? So there's this temporary separation. Right now, to be away from the Lord is to be present in the body. But the Scriptures say, when I am absent from the body, I will be where? I will be present with the Lord. And so I will share in the glory of everything that is Jesus and everything that is heaven. The glory of Christ. We are co-heirs, Romans says, with Jesus. We're not going to become Jesus, but we'll see Him as He is. We'll see Him face to face. And then one day, I'll cross that river. I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, what is it? I'll see the lights of glory. I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know He lives. You see that? That's the glory of Christ. Where all things here, the no more has actually become a reality. We're going to do a no more series here before too long. No more sorrow. No more tears. No more pain. No more abuse, hurt, brokenness. Right? That's all gone. It's all former things because now everything will be new. It's finished. It's perfect. It's the glory of Christ. And you and I can hang our hat on this truth that we will share in His glory. Do we deserve it? No. Right? But thanks be to God is what Paul also wrote for this indescribable gift. We have Jesus Christ. We know His death, burial, resurrection personally. We know Him as our Savior. We will share in His glory. I can stand firm on that. You can hang your hat on that. You can put it in your pipe and smoke it. Number two, standing firm is also going to mean that we need to hold closely to God's Word. Hold closely here to God's Word. I'm going to say a phrase to you and I bet you'll smile. You probably won't now since I cued you. What about fake news? Have you heard the phrase fake news recently? Right? It seems like from March, April, May, June, July here, it's just we've heard that a lot, right? Fake news. And from the leadership in this country, from the top down, they're telling you this is what's real and this isn't. And then this side is saying, no, this is what's real and what they're telling you is fake news. Now, it's not bad 
Right? It's good for us to discern what's true and false. It's good for us to know how to do that. Right? And what we're talking about here is hold to the Word of God. You might remember when Paul spoke to the believers there at Berea. Instead of just taking him at his word, what did they do? They went and checked what he said with the Scripture. Is this guy teaching things that are in line with what we understand the Old Testament Scriptures to teach? Is what he's saying about Jesus actually line up with the prophecies of the Messiah coming? Like, Does this all jive? Does this make sense? So it's good for us to be able to discern or to test whether something is true or not. But it's also important to know, and you know this as well, that just because we read it somewhere doesn't mean it's true. Right? I mean, I saw it on Facebook, so it's true. I saw it on Instagram, so it's true. I saw it on the news, so it's true. I heard our president say it, so it's true. heard my pastor say it, so it's true. Right? We want to put trust in certain places, but ultimately we've got to be discerning in things that are real and things that are fake. You know, something that I've noticed is this, and you've probably noticed this as well, there are some things that go up and down with fake news. When people buy into it, there is an effect of believing fake news. So sometimes things come out that aren't true and stocks do what? And they start plummeting. And people start pulling out real quick. And then you'll get all this message over the airwaves. No, 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 that just wasn't true. That was false reporting. Okay, and then you'll get this steady increase. Or maybe it's fake news the other way and you get this big buy-in and stocks really go up and then, oh, it was just too kind of inflate things for somebody maybe to make a little bit of money. Some things ride the coattails of fake news. You know, we've been uh, trying to get off busy pontoon road, and so we've been looking at houses, and what I've noticed is mortgage rates rise with fake news. Shh, things are going to go up, and now, I mean, I'm getting an email every day. They went up, they went down. They went up, oh, now they're down. Now you need to call, now you need to buy in, now you need to sign. You know, it's, oh, no, now they went back up again. It's like, this is ridiculous. We ride the coattails of fake news. Some people say that the election was won on fake news. But then some people say that's fake news. Right? So it's, what do you believe? And so it, it makes sense that there is some skepticism when it comes to what people say. It makes sense that we don't hold that stuff really secure, that we treat it kind of I'll interpret that through my own lens or through the way that I understand things. And so it begins to wreck trust. What it does, it turns nails into toothpicks. And where we should be able to hang our hat and it stay there, it then becomes very brittle and doesn't have the abilities to sustain the weight of somebody's trust or belief. So where there's inconsistency, there's skepticism. However, where there's consistency, then there's now trust. Right? When somebody says something to you over and over and over again and they do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, you begin to build trust and confidence in that person. When he says he's going to do something, what? He's going to do it. Because he's got a track record of that. He's proven to be consistent or faithful. So you hold that word closely. Consistent words are going to help us to stand. And so let's go back to the text here. So then, brothers and sisters, those who are going to share in the glory of Christ, then stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. So has God left us here to figure some things out? And there's some things we have to navigate, but do we have to figure out who He is? Do we have to make Him who we want Him to be? 
Does he need us to reveal him so that other people can understand that he's this rather than him revealing himself? He's not dependent upon us. He's also not asked us to stand firm in our own strength. So he's given us some consistent words. Okay? So your bulletin may be fill in the blank, but your Bible isn't. All right? Your bulletin may be fill in the blank, but your Bible isn't. So God's not asked us to fill in love those who just love you. But don't worry about those who don't love you. Does that sound like your Bible? No. That sounds like how we feel sometimes, but that's not true. All right? I'll forgive those who will receive it, but those who keep pushing me away, I don't have to keep forgiving them. That's me filling in the blank. That's not what God says. And so we need a consistent word, something that we can bet on, something we can put our life uh, totally in, or something we can hang our, our hats on. And so here's some of the things the Bible says about the Word of God. It says, The plans of the Lord stand firm for how long? Alright, what stands firm forever? The plans of the Lord. So that means they never change. Okay? Man devises his best ways, Proverbs says, but the plans of the Lord will always come to fruition. They never cease. There's nothing God sets out to do that He doesn't get done. The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of His heart through all generations. That's Psalm 33. Psalm 119 says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands how? It stands firm in the heavens. Right? He's immutable is that word that the theologians use. He's unchangeable. His word is steadfast. It's always true. It's always right. It never needs adapting. It never needs updating. It never needs to fit a certain culture because... The society, you know, and the social things are changing, so we don't need to change the word of God. His word is secure, it's firm, it's eternal. Isaiah said, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God, what? Endures forever. Okay? People come, people go. Seasons come, seasons go. The word of God has always been, the word of God will always be. It's the same, it never ends, it never changes, it's always enduring forever. And so I just want to ask you here, if it's the Word of God that we're to hold close, if it's the Word of God that serves as a nail to hang our hat on, what are some nails that you're hanging your hat on? What's a Word of God that you hold close that's dear to you? Anybody got one? All right. Romans 8, 28, 29, and we know, and we know that He works all things together for good. Right? For those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. What else? What's a verse that you hang your hat on? Like, if we're to hold this Word, we've got to know the Word. It's got to be here. Maybe you don't know it verbatim. Maybe you haven't memorized it word for word, but what is a nail that you're hanging your life on as it relates to the Word of God? John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world all right, that He gave His only Son yep, so that what? Whosoever believeth in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's a nail that you can hang your hat on. Right? 
Miss Wanda, did you share one? What'd you say? Oh, you're finishing the verse. Okay. Somebody else, you got a nail? What's a verse that you just hang your head on? It's something that consistently you just come back to. It serves you as a reminder of who God is, or your hope in Him, or you got no reason to be afraid. All right, I can trust in Him. What's, what's a verse that you hang on? What's your nail? All right, John tells us that he has prepared a place for us and we can go there, right? That's the JFT, by the way, Janice Futrell translation. That's perfect, yeah. That's, I love when you personalize the Word of God. It's not just quoting it because I memorized it, but it's I own it. And so I can share it from me without diminishing or negating anything that's true. Good. Somebody else, what you got? Is there a verse you hang your head on? Mem? Philippians 4.19. And I can... No, that's 3.19. 4.19. It's my God's house supply your needs, all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. There we go. 3.19 is I can do all things. 4.13. All right. <laughs> yeah. So my nail's a little rusty on that one. Some of these. Anybody else got a verse that you hang on? Like something you quote when you're nervous or when you're worried? Yeah, what you got, Lucy? Psalm 56, 3 through 4. What's it say? Okay. So Psalm 56, 3 and 4 is a couple verses that deal with fear. Alright? So she's putting her trust in the Lord. And God whose word I praise and God whom I trust, what can mere mortal do to me? Somebody else? What you got? Yes. John 14, 6. 6 and Jesus said, I am the Okay, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Good. Anybody else have one? Psalm 23, 6. Yes, sir. How's that end? Amen. Forever. All right. Very good. Anybody else? Just a, what's your nail that you're hanging on? What's the word that you're holding close? Well, there's some that come to mind when you think about worry. You've probably never been worried, but Philippians 2 reminds me, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, like blows your mind, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a good one that helps me. Matthew 6 reminds me of worry sometimes. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what to drink. Don't worry about what clothes to wear because your Father knows you have need of them. So seek His kingdom first and all these things will be added to you. 
Right? Psalm 55 tells us to cast our cares on the Lord because He will sustain us. And so those are some verses maybe that you can think about when it comes to, to worry. You know, next steps, I think about Proverbs 3. That's one, probably one of the first verses I began to own. Right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And then He'll guide you. He'll, he'll make your path straight. Okay? That's clear. God, I don't know what next step looks like for me. I'm not sure how to navigate what I'm currently facing, but I'm going to trust You with all my heart because I know You'll lead me in this. That's, that's when Scripture takes life. It becomes real. When you hold it close, you hold it fast. It's what you cling to. Romans 12.19 was one we came through our study here this past spring and it just leave room for God. You guys remember that? That was leave room for God's vengeance. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I'll repay. Leave room for God's vengeance. But we were taught if we can leave room for His vengeance, we can leave room for Him in everything. So leave room, leave room for God. Colossians 3.17, we teach that to our, uh, so our basketball players. Tells us whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. It's like you're always on. There's never a moment where you take off your Christian coat, set it down, and put on something else and walk out as anything other than a follower of Jesus. Wherever you go, whatever you say, everything you do, understand you do it as a representative of Christ. Drive, tenacity, purpose. Colossians 3.23 uh, tells us that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as unto the Lord. If anything's worth doing and it's doing for the Lord, then we should be doing that with all of our heart. So, all sorts of verses we could talk about. All sorts of life scenarios. But the thing, what we're saying here is, I cannot hold on to something closely that I don't currently possess. Anybody be able to, can you hold this closely right now? Anybody? Why can't you? Because I've got it. You don't possess it. Okay? So to think that I'm going to lean on God's Word in a moment when I need God's Word without hiding God's Word is like buying that car thinking it's never going to need a repair. It's foolishness. So here we need to hold it close. Paul writes and says here, stand firm and hold fast the teachings that you've heard from us. And so read. Reread, meditate, write out scripture. I ask my students, write it out in your own words. Now, if I can't stand here and speak what's on my heart, it probably means I don't understand very clearly what's on my heart. But when I can write it out and it's in my own words, I'm beginning to own that and I'm letting it own me. And so maybe we need to spend some time there journaling or praying, meditating, writing. All in all, what Paul is saying is this. You want a nail to hang your hat on? Hang it on the Word of God. It never changes. It endures forever. It stands firm in the heavens. It's eternal. It'll never let you down. It'll never leave you without the ability to make a good wisdom decision. It's what we need always. You'll never find yourself in a point in life where you'll go, I wish I knew what to do where God's Word couldn't provide you with the ability to make a good decision. Hold closely to God's Word. We'll let the fake news be the fake news. And then three, and just real quick here at the end. We're going to stand firm by living in the encouragement and the strength that is from Christ. 
You know, Paul was not asking these people to muster up some courage or to muster up some strength. He didn't tell them, hey guys, get your act together. Although there may be times where we need to get our act together. That's not what he was telling them to be mindful of here. What he was reminding them of is the God who would fight for them. The God who would comfort their heart, encourage their heart. The God who would strengthen them with the power needed for what he was asking them to do. You're going through persecution as one of my followers. I will strengthen you. You are suffering here. Your family is suffering here. I will comfort you. Alright, let's read it. It says, May our Lord Jesus Christ and God our Father who loved us and by His grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, may He encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Who's doing the encouraging here? This is God the Father and Jesus the Son. They're the encouragers, so He's not asking us to do, encourage yourself. Look to yourself. Who's doing the strengthening here? God's doing the strengthening, right? We can back this up. If you'll go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, just probably on the same page or previous page in verse 11, I believe there's 12 verses in that chapter. Verse 11 reminds us again that it is God doing this work. Here's what it says. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of His calling. That our God may make you worthy of His calling. He's not saying go out and earn it and make yourself worthy of sharing in the glory of Christ. Christ makes you worthy of that. And that by His power, He may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. Whose power is bringing these things to pass? It's God's power who's strengthening us. It's God's power who's going to resource what God's asking you to do. Okay, so however God leads your life, He's not going to leave you short-handed. He's not going to leave your pockets empty. God, I thought you led me here, and now you've left me here with nothing. He'll never lead you somewhere where He won't sustain or provide what's necessary to do what He's asking you to do. It's His power. It's His work. It's His strength in us that encourages us for every good work and for every good word. So in the context of our thought today, Paul would say it this way, that's a nail you can hang your hat on. You want to go out and try to muster it up yourself? Go ahead. That's a spaghetti noodle. It's going to break. It's going to let you down every time. You want to go out and think that it's in my own power I'm going to get all these things done? The only thing you're going to get done is what you can get done. With God, we get done what God can get done as we do what God's asking us to do. It's His power at work in you. It's His strength. It's His comfort. It's His encouragement. So we can stand firm living in the encouragement that He brings. Living in the strength that He brings. I don't ever have to wonder, is God going to show up in my time of need? Is God going to supply what's necessary? Is He going to perform what it is that He's asked me to do? Continually, we can live in the encouragement and the strength of Christ. Now, I know we've talked here a lot about hanging our hats on nails. Anybody have hats or nails in your house that you hang hats on? I mean, now we've got some fancy hardware, right? I mean, along came the blacksmiths. Just amazing skills people had, wasn't it? I mean, these trades, that, the ways people could create things is just amazing. I love to watch that work. And now today we can buy it in surplus. You can go to Home Depot or Lowe's and get things in all sorts of styles and colors and shapes and sizes. 
They can stick on. They can screw on. They can hang over. They can come on a stand. All sorts of ways you can hang a hat. You know, early settlers hung their hats on nails. Maybe we don't do that as much anymore. But I would beg to differ with that a little bit. We're still hanging our hat on nails. And that's three of them to be exact. Right? Two nails for pierced hands and one nail for pierced feet. And we're talking about Jesus Christ. He's still my source. He's still my strength. He's still the gospel. He's still the power. He's still my encouragement. He's still the word. He's still everything that we need to stand firm. Three old nails many years ago, still upholding millions of people who currently breathe air on this planet through the living power of Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, you're going to share in His glory. If you're a believer, you've got a firm word. You don't need fake news to puff us up or get us down. If you're a believer, you've got something living within you who will strengthen you, who will comfort you. He's just the one you can hang your hat on. So as we close here this morning, I really just want to leave you with this question. Where are you hanging your hat? 